Here at Kajabi, we are known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And we've created the Kajabi Edge podcast to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the online business edge you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. everyone, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience, and today we're joined by Chanel, teacher, business coach, and host of the Routine Your Dream podcast. I love having other podcasters on. How's it going today, (laughs) Chanel? Hi, how are you? I am wonderful, and yourself? I am doing great. I'm so happy to be here. And thanks for having me on. Well, we're excited to have you here uh, for so many reasons. uh, But let's just dive right on into your 15 second elevator pitch ish. uh, Just to let our audience know a little bit about who you are and what you do in this world. Okay, well, I am a teacher turned teacher business coach. I help teacher sellers, mainly teachers who use the platform Teachers Pay Teachers, or they might have a course or membership where they may use Kajabi shout out. (laughs) Um, And I help them grow their businesses online while staying in the classroom, too. A lot of them are still teaching full time. So lots of side hustling strategies there. Yeah, I love that. I mean, (laughs) as as if you've listened to any previous episodes, you may have heard uh, with other teacher related um, podcast guests. My wife was a teacher for several years, so definitely an area that is close to home. Um, Tell us a little bit about that journey and what got you kind of what got you into this field uh, and what led you to online business entrepreneurship. The journey is crazy because, as you know, with teaching, when you decide to become a teacher, you know you're not going into it for the money. I went into teaching with the mindset of it being like a stepping stone to something that would provide just a little bit more financial security. So I thought going into it that I could go into administration. So become a superintendent. That's kind of like what I was thinking, a superintendent of schools. This is like when I was in 10th grade, by the way. So I'm thinking about all of these things. Um, And then the other option I thought about was becoming a professor. I thought just, you know, like there's, there's different ways beyond just teaching in the classroom that you can, you know, advance your career, so to speak. Well, I did my student teaching. Fast forward to me becoming a teacher in college. I did my student teaching in South America. I'm from America. So (laughs) it was teaching abroad. And I I didn't graduate. I came back a little bit earlier than the rest of my cohort. They were still student teaching. They had a month left. And um, I'm like, 
like, okay, what am I going to do? And between now and the time I like start teaching in my very own classroom, I was fortunate enough to get hired like right after graduation. But in terms of pay, you don't actually start making money as a teacher until you're like actually teaching in August. And it was like May, June-ish when I got hired. So I was scouring the internet for how teachers could make money during the summers. And that is when I stumbled upon across the site, Teachers Pay Teachers. And I started uploading things there. And I wasn't making money from it really. Like it was very much like a, oh, this could be extra gas money, extra grocery money kind of thing. I ended up taking a temporary position, um, helping open an Alta store of all things. <laughs> um, so I was just like kind of doing like a cashier type thing until my teaching job started. Well, I, once my teaching job started, I continued to create resources courses on Teachers Pay Teachers. And then I'll fast forward several years and take you to the point where I decided to take my business full-time. Um, that was in 2019. So several years passed before then. I, I was in my... I was I had taught for about 8 years and had my online business as well. And before I decided like, okay, we're going full-time. Maybe um, what we can just focus in on is some of the... I guess the drivers associated with you deciding to truly make this leap. Maybe another question I have too is, did you do this? Uh, did you consider your journey? Like, did you consider it a side hustle in the beginning or was it always a business to you? Oh, like if you interview any teacher seller, um, which is what we call ourselves when you sell in Teachers Pay Teachers, you'll know that like 99.99% of everyone who gets their start in that capacity considers themselves an accidental entrepreneur. Like you kind of just like fall into it. You start putting things up of things that you're making in your classroom, selling them as um, digital downloads, basically. And you never in a million years think like, oh, this can this can be something that can replace my teacher salary. It's never really like uh, I'm starting this as like a legit business, like taking it super seriously. And I was definitely I'm definitely an accidental entrepreneur. <laughs> I, so, I think that's the only kind, though. Uh, very few. <laughs> <laughs> truly deliberate. I mean, they always paint the picture that it was, mm -hmm. but the reality of it is, is it's almost a series of maybe even unintentional attempts to try to do something mm -hmm. that ultimately leads us to where we're at. Yeah. You start off just kind of like following that love and that passion. It's some like you start by doing something that lights you up. And then when you start getting momentum, it's like, wait, maybe I should take this more seriously. So how did you know um, that this was time to you know, take this seriously, I guess? Mm -hmm. I was... I would consider myself multi-passionate. Um, for me, my driver, the, the moment I knew, I guess it's like twofold. One, I always knew the lifestyle that I wanted. I knew that I wanted that freedom lifestyle once I had kids. And at the time of making the decision and the time, the years uh, leading up to that, I knew ultimately when once I had kids, I would want to work from home and have flexibility. I would want to be able to if I wanted to stay home and not work, I wanted that option. 
Um, or if I wanted to be able to homeschool, I wanted that option. I just wanted options. <laughs> so I knew well before I made the decision to actually go full time, I knew that I had to, that that was eventually going to be something. And that was really hard because the school that I taught at was absolutely a dream school, like top paying in the state, super supportive parents, administration, great like coworkers in the students were absolutely amazing. So I was... I knew it was going to be very hard to transition out of that um, because it was like, you know, like you you tell yourself, like, shouldn't I be more grateful or like, it's good right now. There's other teachers that would kill to have this position. Am I really doing the right thing? So you, So that was really hard. But at the end of the day, I knew that once I became a mom, I wanted that. I wanted those options. And when it comes to whether, you know, you're creating digital, like selling like PDF type digital things like teachers who sell on Teachers Pay Teachers, we create teacher resources and curriculum. But like if you have a course or membership or whatever, all of that is really like things that kind of make money in their sleep. Like you don't have to clock in at nine, clock out at five. So I knew early on that I was multi-passionate about that and that being a mom with that kind of income, like more passive income was what I needed to do. It was just a very scary leap. I will say though, I think it's a lot easier to take that leap when you do get uncomfortable, like when your comfort zone is more discomforting. (laughs) And what happened for me is I was moved involuntarily to a grade and subject that I wasn't like in love with. I was moved from second grade, which I absolutely loved, to fifth grade. And that was a new school, a new principal, a new commute, like new start time. It was farther. So that change was very scary for me. And at first I'm like, oh my, I was devastated. Like absolutely devastated because I had such a great, I loved what I was doing. It actually turned out being a great position and I'm very happy that that change was made. But that initial like announcement of like, hey, you're being moved. Like instead of just asking me like, hey, would you like to teach this grade? Would you like to teach this subject? It was just, you're, you know, like this is your new assignment. And it was such a great reminder to me that of how much I valued my freedom of choice. And when it comes to my career and how I make money. So it was at that point where I'm like, okay, it's a little bit easier to leave now because this isn't the number one most desired teaching position that I wanted, you know, even though it ended up not being a bad situation. I loved my new principal. My new team was super like helpful in the, in the students were my second graders just three years later. So I knew the students. It was a great thing, but at that initial point, of announcement. That was a big driver for me of like, okay, like things are a little bit more, it's a little less cushiony, you know, like it's a little less comfortable. I think it's really hard to leave your comfort zone when you're super comfortable. So that was a big driver. Yeah. Well, maybe you could take us on the journey from potentially that moment on through to truly 
getting that I, everyone has a different measure of success but like when you realize that you are gaining traction and you are doing something oh, yeah that was a business for me it was because my um teach like because my teacher business my online business was something that was a side hustle you know I started as an accidental entrepreneur I had no idea what I was doing when I first started I started listening and learning especially on my commute since it was a longer commute I was able to use that time to really build my knowledge and skills. And then in the little pockets of time that I did have, that's when I would work on my business. So I never really gave it more than maybe 10, 20 hours a week. But my husband um, was thinking about going into real estate. He was working like a corporate job. And at that time, my salary, my salary from my teacher business had earned the same amount that he was making. So I'm like, Hey, like my teacher business is making your amount. Go ahead and switch over to real estate, which is totally unpredictable. You know, it's 100% sales and there's that buffer time between getting your license and, you know, just like that first year of being a realtor, we knew it was going to be unpredictable. But the fact that my business had already matched his income that without much of, you know, like I hadn't put in like tons and tons and tons and tons of hours. So my thought in terms of leaving the classroom was, well, we were able to do that with this, like with a tiny bit of effort. What would happen if I actually took that leap and really drilled down in my business? And so that was like our biggest indicator, which was honestly a leap of faith because it's not guaranteed that, you know, with more effort and more work that more would happen. So, but it was definitely our biggest indicator. Yeah. Can you paint the picture of what your business looked like at that phase? Were you still like, did, did you, were you doing coaching then? Were you still just selling the resources? What was happening? I was still selling the resources. And because I had been moved um, to a different subject area, I I had actually stopped creating as much so that I could focus on my new position because it was very much out of my element. So at that time, unfortunately, I was kind of neglecting my business in a way, and yet it was still thriving. Hence the like importance of passive income, because sometimes you can step away when life gets crazy and busy. You can step away and it runs by itself. It's not a forever thing, but at that time, I was actually really focused on my full-time teaching position. Um, I was not coaching at that time. But it's crazy how things work out because once I decided decided to quit teaching and go full-time with my business. Uh, it was like the last day of school. We re- we relocated actually because my husband got a job in North Carolina and I'm from we're from Ohio. So we relocated. So I was in a new state. I was not going to pursue a new teaching position. So I knew at that time, like this is my time that I want to go full time. I was thinking, well, hmm, I've never had like, I've always had a principal who's given me feedback and the thought of going full time, but not like having someone to like direct me and me just 
being the director, I was like, you know, I feel like I want a business coach. So I actually got a business coach. And through our work together that summer, she's like, wait a second, you know a lot more than what you're giving yourself credit for. You would be amazing if you helped other teachers do what you're doing. And I'm like, really? You think so? And at that time, there's like teachers who were making millions of dollars doing the same thing. So I'm like, um, but I'm not a millionaire, <laughs> you know, like, and uh, she really pushed me outside of my comfort zone yet again. But it was exciting because I was like, wait, I could still basically be teaching then, you know, like, even though I left teaching, I was able to start teaching other teachers how to start and grow their online teacher business. And I've been addicted since. It's been amazing. But I definitely did not anticipate being a full-time teacher business coach. I did not anticipate that at all. I thought like, oh, I'll maybe like help like one or two people on the side and I'll still really focus on my teacher business. So I kind of had two businesses at the time. And now I have leaned into coaching because it got really addictive. <laughs> See, like helping other teachers like pay off their student loans and launch like courses and launch books they're writing and help, you know, like get their curriculums into other people's classrooms. It's been actually really cool. And that that is my story. That's where I'm at now to this day. I'm full, I'm 100 percent full time helping teachers. In coaching. Well, take us on the take us on the journey of one of the biggest challenges in starting out, I think, is overcoming the the psychological barriers of feeling as though you have the resources to give, to sell, to share, and that it's worthy of being. And it sounds like your coach kind of helped nudge you in mm -hmm. that direction. Yeah. One of the oh sorry, yeah. Can you take us on that on that journey for you? Yes. One of the biggest things that made a difference for me was she's like, when we were talking about the idea of me helping other teachers, she said, take on like one, two or three teachers for free. Just try it out as bait, like just like as a beta experiment to just see, because I was like, can I really help others get success? Or is it just, you know, like you never know until you try, I guess. And so that's what I did. Very low bar. Like we set the bar very low. I reached out on my Instagram and said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. If anyone's interested, here's the link to go apply. I'll be accepting. I don't know if I said how many I'll be accepting, but I accept. I ended up working with two teachers and it was a very short period of time. I want to say eight weeks, maybe. And for one of the teachers, she quadrupled her sales on Teachers Pay Teachers. And the other teacher I was helping with their her social media. And she like, I remember we calculated it and she grew like 416% or something in that time. Either way, it's been a while since then. But either way, that was my indicator that I could help other teachers get success, even if it was with things that I hadn't even tried myself. Because going back to when I was teaching, remember how I said I started skill building in the car on my commute, like on during my commute? I was like a sponge for years, learning tons and tons of strategies that because I was teaching full time and diverting my attention towards like learning the new skills I needed to be successful in the classroom. I didn't get a lot of time to implement a lot of what I had learned. And I started to find that as I worked with these teachers during this beta experiment that 
I had a wealth of knowledge that was just kind of coming out. It reminded me of like how I took Spanish classes in high school. And then when I went to to student teaching in South America and Ecuador, like I was picking up on things. I'm like, wait, I completely forgot. I knew like those Spanish words. It was the same (laughs) thing when I started helping other teachers. And I'm like, wow, um, this is quite an experience. So that is that is how I know. So if anyone who's listening is like, okay, like, do I if, if you're struggling with confidence, I think giving yourself like a very low bar like I did with taking on free clients and just seeing if I could get them results. That was my that was my low bar of expectation just to see. And if it didn't go well, no, no harm, no foul. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you just dove in. It's almost like I, I'm not an archer, for example, but I'll never know if I could actually be a good archer without picking up a bow and arrow and seeing if I can mm-hmm. hit a target and actually giving it a try. Yeah, I was really I mean, I shouldn't be as shocked because it, at the end of the day, it is teaching. And that is my background teaching. I'm just teaching instead of teaching second graders how to add and subtract double digits. I'm teaching teachers how to add more wealth to their life. It's it's still teaching, though, at the end of the day. So um, I'm glad those skills transferred. Yeah, I imagine you have to be good as a teacher of, of absorbing, especially if you're teaching, I think you said it was, was it second grade that you taught? I was teaching second grade. Yep. Yeah. So second, third, fourth and fifth, but yeah. 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 So any of those grades, absorbing something that's complex and distilling that to an audience who has no concept, no Mm -hmm. idea of how to, you know, how to actually implement and utilize that knowledge. So it became very relevant to you in the world of business. Uh, I'm interested in how you made it from, you started off with those couple teachers, you got the results, now you're doing this full time. How did you go from kind of that test to that? Like, I love this. I'm doing this. It was something that kind of snowballed in a way. Um, I, I started the Routine Your Dream podcast that's completely dedicated to teachers who want to grow their teacher business. Um, so a lot of my clients found me from there, word of mouth. But ultimately, like my podcast is where I like go to like talk nerdy because I am very nerdy about marketing. I actually forgot to include this when I was telling you my origin story, <laughs> but I started off in marketing. Um, Actually, in high school, I was part of a marketing program in 11th and 12th grade called DECA. And then I started going to college for as a marketing major before I switched to education. So I've always been multi-passionate there. Um, and it was like, it, it's wild because I always knew that I wanted to impact like the future, um, generation. That's why I went into teaching because I loved helping and I knew like who better to help than like the future kids. Right. So that was one aspect that I absolutely loved. I knew I loved marketing. I knew I loved, um, at the time, like graphic design. Like when I was in high school, I loved graphic design. All of these skills ended up becoming something that I didn't even know would exist. Like I could have never predicted this path because I didn't know these opportunities were even available. When I was in college, like someone who's listening now who might be in college can actually make the strategic move to say, hey, I want to be a teacher, but I also want to do something that like back when I was in teaching, I knew that the path was either go administration or go, you know, maybe like become a professor. Maybe that those options or maybe like consult 
consulting, like teacher training, like to districts or something, you know, like things like that we knew were options. But now we know that it's an option to be- become your own business um, and go into business for yourself while still teaching in the classroom. And so I'm sure there might be people out there who decide to take like marketing and education, you know, or do something like that to help them prepare. But I think that it just kind of became something that honestly, like I said, it just became addicting when you see someone like able to just like pay for a car in cash because not I'm not taking all the credit for sure, because the people that I work with are absolutely talented, amazing individuals. But to know that I played a part in like helping them in their personal life and then like knowing that the curriculum is reaching more students, it's like all of those things that I originally loved have been wrapped up into this perfect career that I have kind of carved out, not by purpose, but it just kind of happened. So yeah, I mean, I just kept saying yes to more teachers who wanted to work with me. Ultimately, that's how it became a full-time thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. And I've, I'd, although I don't think I've ever described it that way, but it, getting results for people is astonishingly addictive. Mm-hmm. Like getting people the, the, the outcomes that they're searching for it it's almost like it's man it's almost like a drug because you just want to do it more and more Mm -hmm. um it's a great way to articulate it i next i want to talk about routine your dream what is it tell us what it is all right so routine your dream is my podcast. It's my coaching, like routineyourdream.com is essentially my hub for all things like routining your dream as a teacher seller who wants specifically the dream part is like your dream business and life. Um, But it's built off the quote that success is hidden in your daily routine by Jim Rohn. And I used that that entire like quote and philosophy to get to where I'm at to, to this day. Like you have your dream, you have a vision. And if success is hidden in your daily routine, then all those little tiny like micro actions all lead up to your dream. So I really love to share how important it is to have a vision for where you want to go. So if you're in the early stages of entrepreneurship and you're kind of thinking like, maybe this could be a thing, really allowing yourself to get a very clear vision of how you want things. Like for me, before I even knew these opportunities existed, I knew my vision was to have that flexibility and freedom as a mom. So I knew that all the decisions I was going to make in life were going to lead up to me being able to make income passively or from home. Just so that if my kids haven't, like, if my kid isn't feeling well, that I could just be there. Like, no, no last minute sub plans or like worrying. Cause, like, when you're teaching, like, your classroom students are like your kids too. Like, you care about them just as much. So it's really hard. I, at least, I never had that like teacher mom life, but I knew I didn't want the balance. I know it. I know some teachers are wonderful teacher moms, but for me, I knew I would struggle with like the balance between the two. So, um routine your dream is just about having that dream whatever it may be specifically for me what i talk about is the dream business and building a business online that's that's what routine my version of routine your dream is all about but it is about just taking those daily actions so that you get to your dream. I like that. Is that is that about finding things that maybe currently exist within your exist your your routines that you already have or is it more about 
taking things and injecting them into your routine so that you're moving towards success. There is a lady named Terry Savelle, and she either shared this as a quote on her podcast or she was just sharing it as advice. So forgive me because it's been maybe like eight years since I've heard it. But um, she said something along the lines of like, if somebody were to come to your house, and watch you live your life or your work, whatever, for 24 hours, they would be able to tell if you were going to be successful with said thing of what you're trying to do. And I think um, if you are, if you could pass that test, so to speak, like if you knew that somebody was going to come and watch you and basically decide based on your actions right now, whether or not you'd be successful with what you're trying to achieve. I think that's a great indicator on whether or not you need to inject something new or keep on keeping on with what you're doing. Yeah, that's a great point. And your routine is probably the one way to ensure that you would actually consistently mm-hmm. <laughs> perform those the, the steps that would lead you to where you're wanting to go. It um, becomes so much less overwhelming too. Like if yeah. you're trying to leave your job or do anything, if you don't, if you're trying to think super big, like how will I ever get there? It's like, it's all about working backwards, knowing where you want to get to and then thinking, okay, well this year, what can I do this year to get me to that dream? And then once you kind of know what you want to accomplish this year, backing that out to backing that even more backwards to just in the next couple months, what can I achieve that would help me achieve my year long, you know, goals. And then if you know what you want to achieve in the next couple months, then when you start making like your daily to-do lists and your weekly to-do lists and, you know, like you can really just not feel as overwhelmed because you you're taking it step by step, just little yeah. by little. Yeah. I think it comes back to that, that, that day, um, the daily, daily list of what to do today, making sure you're doing something to move mm-hmm. yourself towards that objective. Mm-hmm. I have an episode on my podcast called Turtle Time. It's something I I like for being a teacher back when I was a teacher. I um, really struggled with, you know, like teaching and doing my side business in a very consistent way. So Turtle Time was like the concept of um, just taking tiny actions over time will lead to the big results. And that's so anytime I was doing just the tiniest of action, I literally had a clipboard of um like just a blank table and i every day i would challenge myself to write one thing that i did for my business because i really was strapped for time so by 30 days like 30 days later i had this long list of everything i had did to pour into my business even though i was strapped for time and i called that my turtle time <laughs> i like it i like it <laughs> well uh, tell us a little bit about I I know we're we're kind of in current mode now. You you're, you're full time. Um, what what would you say if you were to? I, I sometimes I say if you were to go back and tell yourself what would you differently, but I think I want to rephrase that. Like rather, if you had to start all over, instead of mm-hmm. saying like what would you differ differently, if you had to start fresh today, what would you tell yourself? What are the things that you would do based upon what you now know? I think that the one wish, at least that I would do if I was starting over, I would actually I didn't have like that philosophy of routine your dream. I didn't have that when I was first starting. I kind of knew where I wanted to eventually end up. Actually, when I was very first starting, I said, hey, this could earn me extra, you know, grocery and gas money. Great. So not even allowing myself to dream and see what was possible. But I'm going to give myself some grace because at the time, like I didn't know 
I, I really truly didn't know that it was possible to make more, you know, than just like a couple hundred bucks per month. So, um, I'm not gonna, I'm going to give myself grace with that. But the one thing I do wish I did more of is that, that little turtle time, (laughs) that little actions every day to lead up to where I wanted to be. I was switched several times when I was teaching, um, full time. I was switched from, I started out as a third grade ELA teacher, but I was hired as a looping teacher, meaning the first year you taught third, then you'd loop up to the class with the students to teach fourth grade. So I did that. And then in the education world, like we have standards. So at that time, common core standards were implemented and we decided not to loop. So I kind of stayed in fourth grade for a little while. And then I moved over to second, which I absolutely loved. I loved them all, but second was my favorite. And then I got involuntarily moved to fifth grade. But during that time, because I had so many changes, I... I would always like prioritize my job as a teacher and not my side business. And I used to think about it like if this were a brick and mortar, like am I turning the lights on and switching that close to open sign? You know, like am I doing that every day? I wish I wouldn't have neglected my online business as much early on. So going forward for anyone who's just starting out, I think it's easy to underestimate those little tiny steps that you can take to get you to where you want to go, especially when it seems far away. So I would start off being way more consistent, even if it meant like five or 10 minutes over zero minutes working on my business. I love that. And I'm going to, I'm just going to break the fourth wall and go direct to call of action to you, the listener who's listening to this. That's something that I think just any of us, we could commit to that, uh, taking a small step, taking a small action and moving towards, you know, whatever that eventual reality, whatever that goal is that you have in mind, taking at least a small step towards working towards it. Um, Moving forward, I'd love to just kind of, I'd love to hear what, I know you started this off on the journey to get to freedom. You wanted the flexibility, mm-hmm. you wanted the control. Mm-hmm. You're now here. Can you tell us, have you have you achieved that freedom? What has changed for you as a result of actually taking the leap, moving full-time into entrepreneurship? Well, it's been absolutely amazing. I will say that. I'm very grateful for the choices that I made. Um, I will say, though, this is something no one talks about, but... I have that philosophy of like routine your dream, but I actually achieved that initial dream um, because I became a mom back in 2021 and I now have that freedom. And now it's like once once you have actually met like you're at that level of dream, it's kind of like, okay, so what now? So that has actually been it's almost it's not like a bad thing. It's not bad, but it's definitely something I wish I could have like prepared for. But sometimes your dream seems so far off that you're like, okay, work to get the dream, work to get the dream. But now I'm I'm living the dream. And so I've realized that once you like accomplish the goals that you're trying to get or you've you're living the lifestyle, now it's all about like, am I happy with the dream? Can I 
optimize the dream. For example, right now, like understanding like the balance between like working from home comes with its own challenges, you know, like it's there's more gray areas. You're if you're on your laptop or you're on your phone in the living room and you're answering an email or you're on social because you're from I'm I just had the opportunity to interview Amy Porterfield on my podcast. And I was oh, cool. so thrilled. So I'm like, you know, like posting about that from my phone. So that's a perfect example of like, okay, but do I want my kid seeing me like as he grows up? Do I want him seeing that? So like now it's all about like figuring out now that I'm here, it's all about just like fine tuning, refining, optimizing, getting better balance, getting all those things. So um, that is I don't know what to call it. Is it a lesson? It's not a negative thing. It's just something that it's like maybe keep in your mind, especially as as you as the listener, keep in your mind, like as you're getting closer and closer to achieving what you've been reaching for of like where you want that to go after because I kind of felt in limbo after I returned from maternity leave. I felt like very much like it was like this weird, like no man's land, like pinch me. This is real. (laughs) This is amazing. But also like, how do I make this? How do I make the most of this time that I'm living right now? So I don't know. That's my, (laughs) that's my answer. Well, it's It's funny and kind of amazing how often when you're, when your goals are clear and when you have them written out, how often you achieve them quicker than you would ever expect. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I've randomly found sheets of paper where I wrote down goals, like and stuffed them in a like done nothing but mm-hmm. wrote them down, stuffed them in a drawer, mm-hmm. found them later, and been like, oh my goodness, I actually knocked off almost every single one of these things that I listed. It's 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 crazy. I mean, we know the statistics that like you're something crazy amount statistically more likely to achieve the goal if you do write it down. Like we hear these things. But one thing that I find absolutely incredible is if let's say you wrote that goal down, you kind of forgot about it. But like if you forgot about it, some, you know, some people might actually write the goal down and really go for it. But regardless, what I find funny is that it never the path to achieving that goal never looks like you thought it would. Like you can you can plan all you want and it's good to plan. (laughs) But it's crazy how when you do have that vision of where you want to go, all of your actions end up aligning to get you there if you're clear on where you're headed. Like I would have never thought I'd get to this point by the way that I did. I never in a million years would have, but I'm here. I made it. Like the path was definitely like squiggly lines, not like a straight and narrow path, but I... I'm here. Accidental entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yep. Well, I think that segues really well into question of what's next for you. Where is the next uh, goal for you? But also just what's coming down the pipeline in terms of any new courses, any new offerings, anything that our listeners might be interested in finding out about? Well, I don't necessarily have anything particular that I can name, but I will say that I have been actively working one-on-one with teachers to grow their business through my private coaching, private business coaching program. And I have loved working like pers- like personalizing people's roadmap to success and really tailoring it to meet their needs, their season of life. However, I would love to be able to reach more people in a way that I can give them quick wins because not everybody has time to devote to like having a personal coach in their co- corner we on a week to week basis like helping them navigate entrepreneurship. So I would I would love to open 
a store with more like similar to how I did teacher teacher resources. I want to make t- resources for teacher sellers and courses for teacher sellers. So that is coming down the pipeline very, very soon. Um, but it is something that I'm excited about to be able to reach more people to help grow their businesses. Exciting stuff. Well, mm-hmm. in the meantime, what's the w- best way for them to get a hold of you to stay up to date with what you have in progress? You can follow Routine Your Dream podcast on Instagram or if you're interested in coaching or depending on when you're listening, what other things I have created for you to grow your business, you can go to routineyourdream.com. Awesome. Well, one of my favorite moments when I have other podcasters on, I love to just have the call to action instead of asking our listeners to leave us a review, which we love. I'm going to ask them to go listen to your content, Routine the Dream, leave you a review. I'm sure if you're anything like me, it can feel even though it's us talking, like we don't necessarily have that engagement and interaction with our listeners as much as we may like. So it means the world to us when you leave a comment. So we know, know you're there, know you're listening, know you're human. Um, so this time drop on into routine, your dream podcasts and leave Chanel a review. Yes, that would be so gratefully appreciated. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, with that said, I just wanted to say thank you um, for taking the time to share this journey um, from teaching at your dream school to becoming full-time uh, entrepreneur, online entrepreneur. It's It's In been my a really dream cool business. St- yes, your dream business. <laughs> yeah. it's, been, it's been a cool journey. Yeah, scary. Definitely a lot of trials and tribulations along the way, but we're here. I'm excited. <laughs> Well, of course, we'll have all of your information in the show notes. With that said, that is all we have for you today. Huge thank you for listening. And we will look forward to seeing you all next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast.